Star Wars 7x7 episode 1986. We are still in the safe zone, but still talking about the rise of Skywalker. Yesterday, we talked about the similarities that we already know about between the rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi. Today, we're going to focus on some of the major differences that we already know about. Punch it! Rebel Rouser. I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and just as a quick refresher, we are in the safe zone leading up to the rise of Skywalker so no rumors, no leaks, no spoilers. We're not going to talk about any of that stuff. You're not going to hear anything that is going to spoil your experience of the rise of Skywalker leading up to its release. However, this is the last of not just one trilogy, but three trilogies of a 42-year story cycle. So it would be silly not to talk about it. And so, as promised at the top, today we're going to focus on the differences between The Rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi, at least as we see them right now. For a start, we're getting more locations in The Rise of Skywalker than we did in Return of the Jedi, which only had Tatooine and the Rebel fleet massing near Sullust and Endor, and I guess you could call Death Star 2 a location, if you will, even though it was right next to Endor. I'm not counting all of the scenes that we see in the special edition version where they show celebrations happening at the end in a bunch of different places, not because of any anti-special edition thing, just because the storytelling wasn't happening there, right? Meanwhile, in The Rise of Skywalker, we know about Pasana and Kijimi, and Kijimi may or may not be that crazy space iceberg, so maybe that's even yet another location. Kefbir, where the Death Star wreckage is, that jungle planet where we see some members of the Resistance and where Rey is working with the refreshed lightsaber. Yeah, I think... There's still even more to come, potentially. J.J. Abrams has already said that there are whole sequences that we haven't seen any piece of just yet. So it's entirely possible that there's still a lot more to reveal. And with all these locations, we're actually getting more skirmishes between the bad guys and the good guys. I mean, the main bad guys, right? So yes, our heroes did fight with Jabba and his minions on Tatooine in Return of the Jedi. But they only had one major conflict with the Empire. On the other hand, in Rise of Skywalker, it seems like they are going to have multiple skirmishes with the First Order. On Pasana, we know the First Order is there. Kajimi, we know the First Order is there. Kefbir also. So yeah, there's a lot more interaction between the Resistance and the First Order in the Rise of Skywalker than there was with the Rebellion and the Empire in Return of the Jedi. And related to that, at least as far as we know, the good guys don't have to go rescue anyone <laughs> at the beginning of the rise of Skywalker, whereas they had to spend a half hour getting Han Solo away from Jabba the Hutt at the beginning of Return of the Jedi, so that definitely changes the dynamics of what we're going to see. Also changing the dynamics, the Knights of Ren. So Sith-powered people, and I guess you could throw the Sith troopers in here as well with this, we're limited to just Darth Vader and the Emperor in Return of the Jedi, but man oh man, we've got a lot more in that regard in The Rise of Skywalker. Yes, I am making a presumption that the Knights of Ren are indeed dark side force users, that they are some of the students that Kylo Ren, aka Ben Solo, took with him when he destroyed the Jedi Temple, but 
Even if they're not, well, certainly the Sith Troopers just by name alone seem to suggest that they must have some sort of dark side power ability. And so, yeah, we're gonna have a lot more Sith user action in The Rise of Skywalker, comparatively speaking. Even the Emperor's Royal Guard, they were not Sith users. They were just highly trained professional army guys, <laughs> basically, for all intents and purposes. So, yeah, an entirely different dynamic in that regard. Army guys, special forces guys, like that, right? And so another big difference is that in The Rise of Skywalker, it seems like recruiting for the resistance to fight against the First Order is still happening. What we've been told is that a year later, Finn and Poe have been out trying to recruit and are not having a lot of success. We know from the Spark of the Resistance novel and from Resistance Reborn that Forces from Mancala and Corellia are amongst the fighters for the Resistance that will show up in The Rise of Skywalker, but beyond that, we don't know, and recruiting efforts are still ongoing, whereas in Return of the Jedi, the way it was presented to us was that the fleet had gathered at Sullust and they were all ready to go, so there was no recruiting that was happening at that point. They had their gang together and they were ready to get to the fight. And speaking of that fleet, or the two different fleets, leading it into battle, and this is something that was actually similar between Return of the Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker that I didn't flag yesterday, is the fact that the Millennium Falcon seems to be leading both fleets into battle. But there is something different about the Millennium Falcon usage in the Rise of Skywalker compared to Return of the Jedi, and there's a bit of a trivia thing around it too, so we're gonna have a little fun with that here. So before I go to the break, I'm gonna pose this trivia question to you. How many movies of the Star Wars movies feature only one pilot of the Millennium Falcon, only one person sitting in the pilot's chair of the Falcon? And I'll have the answer for you after the break, as well as the rest of the Millennium Falcon business that's different from Return of the Jedi and the Rise of Skywalker. Stay tuned. Hey Rebel Razor, I've made some changes to the Asteroid Belt level at patreon.com SW7X7 and they are all with sponsors in mind. So if you want to get the word out about your business, your product, your service to a dedicated Star Wars audience, then please check out patreon.com SW7X7 and look for the Asteroid Belt level for details. Again, that's patreon.com SW7X7. Welcome back. So this is sort of a super tricky question because, let's put it this way, I was specific in saying the pilot's chair, okay? And so that's where some of the trickiness happens, all right? There's only three movies where we see a single pilot of the Falcon. In other words, only one person occupies that pilot's chair. The original, A New Hope, that features Han Solo in the pilot's chair, and he's the only one who sits in it during that movie. And then we have Return of the Jedi, where Lando Calrissian is the only one we see in that pilot's chair. And we hear a transmission from the Falcon, but we don't know who's flying the Falcon at that moment, whether it's Lando or Han. I think the presumption is probably that it's Lando, because Han's eyesight is still healing, right? And then in The Last Jedi, Rey is the only person that we see in the pilot's chair there because even when Chewie is flying on crate, he is doing it from the co-pilot seat. So yeah, it's a little bit tricky. But as far as the difference between Return of the Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, well, 
As I said, there's only one person seen in the pilot's chair in Return of the Jedi, and that's Lando. But in The Rise of Skywalker, so far we have seen three different people occupying the pilot's chair in The Falcon, and that would be Rey and Poe Dameron and Lando Calrissian. So, yeah, that's kind of different. So what is happening that <laughs> the controls of The Falcon keep changing hands like this? This is kind of weird. Anyway... There you go. That's what I've got so far for differences between Return of the Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker as opposed to what we talked about yesterday with similarities that we've seen so far between The Rise of Skywalker and Return of the Jedi. And that's going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other related Star Wars items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2019 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.